Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We are off to the races, off to see the wizard. Can't come up with any more at this early hour of witty, pithy statements. But it's Indiana Outdoor Show. How's that? And the music says it's time to get to work, and I couldn't be more thrilled to be here as we are now past the middle of April, and turkey season is upon us. As they, my good friend Tom Norman says, the morel should be popping because it's it's tax day to mid-May, so we're in the heart of it, and a lot of folks putting some morels on their table. That's always a good thing. Might have to catch up with him next week, but this week we have so much to look forward to. It's ending National Volunteers Week in our state parks. What is National Volunteers Week? Because there's volunteers in every one of our state parks and properties every single day, and our folks that make an experience in Indiana State Park such a beautiful thing couldn't exist without them so Judy Heaston is going to join us she's our volunteer coordinator for the state find out what's happened this week and what you can do today tomorrow and next week throughout the rest of this year to help out our great folks Ginger Murphy we're going to get an update on state parks mother nature has a fury about her a beauty about her but we're going to get an update speaking of volunteers on what may be needed to uh, help um, uh, McCormick's Creek recuperate from her wrath, Mother Nature's wrath, and uh, always great to visit with her. They are experts at what they do. They've got a plan, and she's going to tell you all about it. And Joe Kales is going to join us from the TIP board, 1-800-TIP-IDNR. It is a big show. Don't go anywhere. Judy Heaston is, Jody Heaston is with us when we return right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Happy spring, everybody. Well, we are post-Easter. We are headed now to the next big thing, which is race day. But in between, we got a few Indiana Outdoor Shows to do. And I am your host, Brian Pointer. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to savelives.org. No better time right now than to buy your hunting and fishing license. Now is a great time to get out and wet the line. And when you do that... You can sign up to be an organ and tissue donor. Couldn't be any easier. As I mentioned at the top of the hour, so many things going on in state parks uh, this time of the year. A lot of folks out there enjoying one of the best systems in the entire country. And that couldn't happen without volunteers. And this this weekend kind of ends what has been volunteer week in the state of Indiana. Jody Heaston joins us. She's our volunteer coordinator Big job within the Division of Parks. Jody, it's great to have you back on Indiana Outdoors. How you been? I've been good. Thank you. I always appreciate being asked to be part of your show. Did I mess anything up? Did I introduce you right? Did I get it all in? Because you do so much and you're so busy. I just want to make sure I cover it all. 
Yeah, well, I, I am very fortunate to be in this position. Yes, I am the volunteer coordinator for Indiana State Parks, and I help oversee and connect people to um, properties that they want to volunteer for and the campground host program and our friends groups. We have a lot of opportunities for people to volunteer, and this is the week to really get out there and, and contact your nearest DNR property or state park and see how you can help. I know you do that throughout the year, but you, let's break down what you just said there because you talk about camp uh, greeters, you talk about mm-hmm. uh, friends groups. Let's go through each mm-hmm. one of those because I don't think people understand how deep this goes with people across the state of Indiana and how important it is to the Division of Parks and each individual park. Right, yeah. So um, we'll talk about the campground host program first. We have every um, property that has a campground. We do have one or two or sometimes more um, sites that we set aside that we have campground hosts that come in and typically are there one month. And during their one month stay, they get in return um, a free campsite while they do some work for us. And that includes um, helping us out with security and greeting people in the campground, helping us out keeping the bathrooms clean, um, going around after the campers leave and checking the sites, making sure there's no trash, cleaning out the fire rings. And then there are some some properties that use them for outside of the campground, helping to mow and helping to paint. And so these are people that are, typically like to travel around the nation and they contact us. And um, those usually those, those um, spots usually fill up pretty fast. We usually have openings at the end of the year for the following year. So we're pretty in the thick now getting ready to start recreation season, but it still doesn't hurt. You can reach out to me. You can go to our website and go to our campground host page and it lists every single property, how many sites they have and what you would do at that property. Because as we know, Indiana State Parks, we have some really unique properties and they're all a little bit different with some different needs. And, you know, not only are they different with different needs, but you go at different times of the year and it's a different experience Mm-hmm. from one season to the next. Jody Houston is our guest. She is the volunteer coordinator for Division of Parks, and this is kind of the last weekend ending the official recognition of Volunteer Week. One of the things that we talk about and have talked about for two decades plus on Indiana Outdoors is the importance of something I heard you mention, the friends groups. What are those? Yes, yeah, so friends groups are a group of volunteers that have formed a non-for-profit group that supports a local state park. So we have um, in our division of state parks, we have 37, 36 properties, I'm sorry, and we have 25 friends groups. So 25 groups are supporting 25 different properties. And these are usually local people that really enjoy and have a passion for that property. Uh, they're all like-minded and these people come to the property, they meet at the property, they form plans with the staff, they work really closely with the staff to find out again the needs, what projects the staff wish that they had completed. That friends group can step in, help do some fundraising, and then actually provide some of their members for some volunteer work too. Just an example, we had um, Obachi State Park up here in northern Indiana near Fort Wayne area. They had a friends group that raised over $80,000 to help restore their fire tower. That's and that insane. was a need. And they did that. The community and that group worked so hard, they raised that money, and it's unreal, in six months. So that is what friends groups do. They go out, they support the property, they they advocate for the property, they go and um, if a need is needed for the property, they'll go and help that property raise that money. But they work very closely with the staff so they know what is is really needed by that property. You know, I'm sure there's people listening right now who are going... 
Well, you know, they've got professionals, they got paid staff to do everything, and that just simply isn't the case. There's a requirement, there's a need, there's an absolute necessity that volunteers make up a core part of keeping these mm-hmm. Indiana State Parks as premier as they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was just talking to someone yesterday that was um, at, again, um, I work out of Obachi, but at, at Obachi, and he commented, he's from Las Vegas, Nevada, and he was visiting here, and he commented on how clean the park was, how he was going to go out and pick up some trash, thought he'd help out the park, but he says, I couldn't find any, and I go, that's what we like to hear, because our volunteers have been out there picking up the trash, and they keep the parks looking clean. Every little thing, picking up trash, going and asking if they can, uh, volunteers can help weed some of our landscaping around our buildings, painting, you know, every little thing adds into um, a great experience for for our visitors when they come to the parks, and that's what our volunteers help to do. That is fantastic. And Jody Heaston, our guest. So this past week, you kind of celebrated officially Volunteer Week, and it's a national program. Describe. Yeah, so um, nationally, um, anyone that has that has needs for volunteers, this is just a week to really promote that volunteerism. And, of course, we're going to piggyback on that national um, movement. And so National Volunteer Week, it's every April, and that's the week that we really, again, really push that we need volunteers. Every park could use them. Um, you could, And there's always... We always find something for you to do. So say you're not someone that I can't hike trail after trail, but we can find something for you to do at the office. There's a lot of sit-down behind the desk jobs that could really help out our office managers or our naturalists. Um, We have things you can do for any ages, too. You just call the property, and they will help find something for you to do. There's something for everybody. This time of year is always perfect for Volunteer Week because it's April the time where all of our invasive plant species start to come out, all of our honeysuckle, autumn olive, our garlic mustard, this is a big push for volunteers to come out and help us tackle those. So our native, beautiful wildflowers and our um, red buds and our um, flowering dogwood can actually bloom and look great without all the other invasives that are blocking them. So this is a great time. And it just so happens this week... Saturday is Earth Day, and it's also our last day for Volunteer Week. So we have a lot of activities going on at our properties. A lot of them are invasive plant removal programs that people can go. And people, all they, they need to do is go to calendar.dnr.in.gov, and they can um, find an activity near them and go help out. But just because Volunteer Week ends on Saturday doesn't mean we don't stop with volunteering. Volunteers can come any time of the year, all year long, any time of the day, um, and maybe after hours at five or six, as long as you work out a plan with the property. But we will take you any time of the year. So just call your property and ask how you can help. Sounds like even I would qualify. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you would. (laughs) Jody, it's always great to have you, and I'm not going to let you go just yet because I want to make sure we give people enough time to understand the complexities of each of these parks. You help to coordinate the volunteers, and I'm sure you've got so many stories of how little things get paid forward in so many ways. I heard you tell the story about the gentleman from Las Vegas, which has to make you feel happy, but what are some other things that you want people to know about, maybe not just in volunteering, but other things uh, going on at the state parks that you feel like people can contribute or some of the stories that you've heard that might be worthy of sharing? 
Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, when when volunteers, what, what we find out with volunteers are out here, they're out on the trails. Uh, the stories that they hear too, when people come up to them and say, "How how did you get involved?" And so we have um, families. We've had, for example, um, there's a family that's been helping out at uh, Mound State Park. That's been helping out since the children were like three, four, and five, and they come out every single year. And now these are teenagers that are still coming out and helping the property. So examples like that, families, having families come out and you come out year after year, These we get to watch the kids grow up. And then some of these kids then end up becoming um, employees at the park, and then they become full-time and some great assets to our park. So, you know, if you know some people that love the outdoors, the first step is to come out to help us out. And it's great for interns from high school and college interns can come out and get a really good taste on um, how DNR works and what happens in the park. And um, another example is I also run the Indiana Master Naturalist Program. So we have lots of individuals that take that program at our state parks it, that teaches people about nature and a lot of them end up volunteering and it's just to see the whole circle they come into a program they learn about nature and then you see them in the park volunteering and then you see them talking to visitors and teaching them about what they got what they learned in the class so there's a lot of that out there so next time someone's at the park and you see a volunteer Go up and talk to them, and they will give story after story. I tell you that they a lot of them are here almost every day. That just makes me feel good, and it should others too. That there are Hoosiers that care so deeply about making sure Mother Nature and the experience in Indiana State Parks remains a plus. And I don't think there's many who would disagree that it is an A plus experience. As former Director Bortner used to say, "You're in the business of making memories, and mm-hmm. they often aren't good memories if you go to a place that's dirty or unsafe or." <laughs> disheveled and weedy and everything else so thank god for all these volunteers and uh let's talk about that master naturalist is that something that's just for the parks or is that something to be used outside in private life oh yeah so the master naturalist program and people can go online and they can just type in indiana master naturalist and it will come up um it's a program that is sponsored by the purdue extension the soil and water districts the dnr and um, any natural resource organization um, or agency can host these. They're typically an eight-week class, one day a week for three hours. So you commit to that, and each class you go to for eight weeks, you learn one one session on three hours is just trees, native trees, and how to identify them. The next class might be on owls and how to go out and learn the calls and how you can identify them by the calls. Another class may just be on um, a naturalist in the area. For example, Jean Stratton Porter here at Geneva and Limberloss. You might learn about her. So it's a class to connect people and it helps them to understand when you go out in nature, people may appreciate it, take pictures, but sometimes people just don't know what they're really looking at. So this class really helps connect that to people. And then um, to become certified, you have to actually do 24 hours of volunteer work. So I'm the coordinator for the state. And so, of course, we love, you could volunteer anywhere, but we really love the Master Naturalist students to come back and volunteer at the state parks because the knowledge that they gained in the class, and it's so important for them to give that back as they're volunteering in the state park. But they volunteer at very local county parks, city parks, other organizations. But again, 
You know me, Brian. I'm going to be filtering back to the state parks because I feel they're really learning a lot. And we want to, and then they can teach people while they're out on the trails working, or if they're helping the naturalists in the nature center, they can be a greeter and they have had that knowledge from that class. And again, people can go online. There's classes offered all year round, all around the state, and you join a class, and then you can give back with the knowledge that you learned. So people can again, Indiana Master Naturalist. You just type that in your search bar and. It'll pop right up. Those that want to find a property near them, they want to just go volunteer. They just need to go to um, stateparks.in.gov and you click on the property um, tab and then you find the property, click on that, and then you can call the number, email them, and just say, hey, I have some extra time and let them know when and what abilities you might have. Maybe you just want to sit on a mower and help us out mowing. Or maybe you love painting. Or maybe you do want to be on the trails. Or maybe you just want to sit behind the desk at the nature center and greet people or sit in the bird room and talk to people about birds. We, you know, we have all kinds of opportunities for people. I love it. So very quickly, how did you end up at this position? What was your path? Okay, so I have worked for the DNR um, since I was 19 years old, and so I've been in the DNR now um, for 25 years, and my first position was at, as a boat attendant at Obachi State Park in Bluffton. Wow. That was my first just seasonal job, and then I just became a seasonal naturalist, just worked in the summertime, and then uh, became a full-time naturalist in, at Mound State Park in Anderson. And from there, I that's where I fell in love with volunteers at Mound State Park. Because, I love these stories. Yeah, that's. I just really started, I had a need where I needed some help. And I just kind of reached out to the community and said, if you'd like to come volunteer. And you just meet some of the greatest people. And um, they became like family. They Volunteers do become part of the DNR family. And that's just what happened at Mounds. I really grew that volunteer core group. We became a friends group there. And then that led me into this there position. And that's why I coordinate the whole state now. Jody, it's so great to have you. Thanks for the update. Best of luck to you this coming summer. And thanks to all those volunteers that you helped. Thanks okay. for being a part of Indian Outdoors. Oh, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. One of Indiana's finest, Jody Heaston. She runs our volunteer program in the state. Contact her, get involved. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I'm your host, Brian Pointer, back right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Happy. It's even beyond the middle of of, May, of April. My gosh, we're already past tax day, thank God. It's hard to believe it is the Indiana Outdoor Show. And man, if you don't like Indiana weather, just wait 10 minutes. It's going to change as we have seen. It snowed one day. It was 80 the next. And that's Mother Nature at her finest. And... We are thrilled to be here with you. Many thanks to the affiliates that have joined us recently. We are sponsored by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Joining me is one of our favorites, Ginger Murphy, with the Division of Parks. And uh, just a little bit ago, Ginger, I don't know if you caught it, but Jody Heaston does such a great job and is so energetic and cheerleading for all the volunteers and the people around the state of Indiana that are listening. I don't think really realize the impact and the amount of people it takes outside of the great professionals we have running these parks to make them look as good and feel as good and the experience is as good. But she did such a great job outlining this 
past week of National Volunteers Week, reminding people it's not just this week. It's every day in every park. So I know that uh, we've had some we've had some news uh, of, of parks recently and none finer than the uh, tornado that took place down in southern Indiana. A lot of Hoosiers were affected, but boy, I tell you what, McCormick's Creek took a real slam down there and volunteers are going to be needed more than ever. Great to have you back, by the way. It's nice to be here, Brian. Thank you. And um, volunteers will be needed. It's going to be a while before we're ready for volunteers. There's a a lot of preliminary work to do, and you and I can talk about some of what's happening and going to be happening. But uh, certainly, we are so grateful for people who have expressed an interest in helping there and for all the people that help across the state. Uh, we, have, uh, we, we have thousands and thousands of volunteer hours and people who love our parks. And it's really humbling for us to see that commitment of time um, for, for no money. You know, they are volunteering because they care about the resource and they love people. And um, we are so grateful for that. And we are grateful for um, the um, the way to look forward at McCormick's Creek too. I think we uh, we can start looking forward now. It's tough, but we right. can start looking forward. You know, it's not the first time that a Mother Nature has brought her fury to one of Indiana's great properties, whether it's a reservoir, a park, or forest, or something else. And when you look at the wickedness and the powerful of what she brings, you look back and goes, my God, how is this forest ever going to come back? How is this ever going to recuperate? And that's all part of it. You know, fires and wind and damage and depredation and drought, all those things play into Mother Nature's perfect cards. And this isn't the first time that the Division of Parks has dealt with a tornado or wind damage or trees down. Exactly. You know, we have had um, in 1974, Clifty Inn was completely destroyed by a tornado. Um, Just a few years ago, the tornado that went through Henryville ripped through Clark State Forest. That's not managed by state parks, but left a big swath of, uh, of damage at Clark State Forest. And those natural disturbances, they're hard for us because of what we knew and what was particularly at McCormick's Creek, you know, it's known for the big trees and the campground, which is essentially destroyed. Um, Those big trees, people love camping at that spot. But um, natural disturbance is a part of what happens in the natural world. And we uh, we don't control it all. Um, uh, This is a good reminder of how little we actually do control sometimes. And I think it's important. I think it's important to highlight right there on your point. We don't control Mother Nature. We never have. I mean, it's she is what she is in all her glory. But, you know, the emphasis on safety, they are very safe places to be, not just because of the physical presence of security. I'm not talking about that type of safety. But the professionals that run these parks are constantly aware and watching out for weather and they're watching out for warnings and they're, there's places to go. There's things to, to take precautions. And, you know, the professionals that, that are in these parks during these Mother Nature events are all about keeping people safe so they can come back and enjoy it again, regardless of what she does to the trees and the roads and everything else. 
Exactly, exactly. And in fact, um, we are doing training this week and the next couple of weeks with some of our security officers. We do that every year uh, just to refresh and remind them of the protocols for safety, for uh, storms and for all of the other things that they are involved with at our property. So that is a that is a key part of what we do is work to keep people safe. And, you know, Brian, I think if you think about this, think about McCormick's Creek, it's about 1,900 acres, um, the park itself is. And the, some of the preliminary mapping that we have done, and there's still a lot of work to do, there's about 320 acres that have really, really significant canopy disturbance. In other words, the canopy is right. gone or very close to it. Top so of trees. About, right. And then there are some areas uh, on trails that are there is some disturbance and it's, they're still closed. But it's about, you know, 16 to 20% of the park. So it's not the whole park that is damaged. Um, there's physical facilities that are damaged. There's some some structures, some cabins, um, the group camps, but the inn is fine. Um, Some of the shelters are damaged, but not all of them. The nature center is fine and it's open. The fire tower is fine and it's open. So there are facilities that are just fine. It just cut a swath right down one side of the park that the saddle barns open and, and they're able to use the saddle barn trails. So there are things that people love about the park that they are still going to be able to see and do and yes there are going to be some changes that happen so we're gonna we're we're we've got a lot of work to do to make it um to get that campground in particular up and going um we're we've we've canceled all reservations through october 1st and in all honesty it probably will be next year before that campground is ready, but we've still got a lot of planning to do, so we're not 100% sure right. on Ginger, that piece. It's always great to have you with your updates and your optimism and the great work that the men and women that work in state parks that wear that green uniform and wear it with pride and all the volunteers that are going to be down there in droves are going to be what Hoosier hospitality and and coming together is all about. So as always, thank you for your optimism and thanks for all the work that you do at state parks. And real quick, is there anything else on the, anything else I haven't talked about? I would say just, uh, you know, we'll stay in touch with those folks who want to volunteer through social media about McCormick's Creek. But just remember, there are 35 other state parks, state recreation areas, natural areas, reservoirs that are open and ready for guests. And we've already got them. This great weather is bringing people out to camp and to hike and to enjoy the outdoors. And we are ready for spring and ready for summer. I love it. Ginger Murphy, everybody, thanks so much as always. We look forward to having you back again real soon. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer. As always, I don't want you to go anywhere. We're going to be talking about one of my favorite things, the tip program, Turn in a Poacher. When we return, I am your host, Brian Pointer. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Back right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Thank you so much for sharing your morning with us. And all those people around the state of Indiana, thank the stations that carry it. 
Many thanks to those new affiliates down in Bloomington and other places that have joined us since the first of the year. And most importantly, if you have an opportunity to thank the, sh- the, the stations that carry it, they do have a choice to make. And we've been doing this now for 24 years. Our month of June is our anniversary month. Can't believe it's coming up here. But uh, also, thanks to Jody Heaston, our volunteer coordinator for the state of Indiana State Parks, ending National Volunteer Week. Uh, So important to all of our state parks and properties as we've reinforced Ginger Murphy talking about all those volunteers that are going to be needed down at McCormick's Creek State Park. And as promised at the top of the hour, one of my favorite subjects that we have ended Indiana Outdoors with in these 24 years, almost every single show. Remember to turn in a poacher, 1-800-TIP-I-D-N-R. Joe Kales is on the tip board Joe, it's something that I felt very passionately about, and I'm just so proud of our tip board and all those volunteers. And I know it's been a labor of love for you over, gosh, longer than Indiana Outdoors has been on. But thanks so much for being a part of Indiana Outdoors. Well, thank you for having me. I know tip is an important part of your life, but for those that may not be familiar with what the tip action line is, explain so that they can have an understanding, and then we'll jump in. Well, we've got a you know, a tip hotline of 1-800-TIP-IDNR. And uh, it's a 24-hour, seven days a week. And uh, you can give call and give information to any any illegal taking of Indiana's wild critters. And um, as much information as you can is always helpful. The more, the better. And um, these are new and exciting times for us. Boy, they sure are. And, you know, you've had such great leadership, passionate leadership, many of whom are regular guests like Phil Singh, who's the current president, and, of course, uh, others uh, that we we have here on uh, um, Cindy Stites, a uh, great outdoor writer, others who have been passionate. And I have been passionate about this, and in my own small way, hope that we've made some changes with people that or alert people to the fact that this isn't just a hunting season thing. This is all year long. The tip hotline, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you hear something, you see something, you suspect something, don't do it anything on your own. Just call this anonymous line let the professionals and our law enforcement conservation do their job so if i'm hearing this and going okay well i was at the coffee shop and i heard billy bob over at the uh, other table saying something that i didn't really think what happens what should you what do you encourage people to do i encourage them to call make the call and uh with with that information and if it's if it's information that's good enough to act on they'll act on it right away and if not, they'll compile that information and and keep it in for you know covert op, covert operations, so that uh, that information is stored. And uh, there may be someone else called with with similar about the same suspect, and and may have a little additional information, you know. And again, it, it, it's amazing those which you might not think mean diddly poo could be the key to everything because there's always this compilation of other things and our law enforcement in the division of natural in the department of natural resources is second to none they're they know what they're doing so you're suspecting it may not mean anything but it could be everything yeah it may be that one key word that they need that one little bit of information that'll that'll put them over the top you know and we you know encourage people that that don't hunt or don't fish but they're just driving down the road or they're just enjoying Indiana's outdoors, 
to get involved in if they see something to let us know, you know. Well, uh, Joe Kale is our guest, and Kales, it's great to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors. And I know it's been a labor of love, and you've turned over leadership, but I know you're still actively involved. You, we could probably go on for hours about the stories of people doing this exact thing that we've just described, leading to arrests and leading to things, uh, retribution of some sort. There is a reward, but you don't have to take that reward, and it's a free confidential call. And I think people oftentimes say, I don't want to get involved. But it's truly a confidential call, correct? Yes. You don't have to get involved. You don't have to give your name or anything. You know, and, and if you do, it's, it's, you're, you will remain anonymous. You know, we guard those, uh, those names. And even the people that request rewards, all that stuff is kept strictly confidential. Only... Actually, only I know and the officer knows, you know, we don't even bring those names up to the tip board, you know, right. if, if we uh, review those cases. So um, it's there's only two two people that will know, you know. Well, what I've always said is and this is why I'm so appreciative of your willingness to get on Indian Outdoors. We've got turkey season coming up, so a lot of folks haven't been out maybe since deer season. And you know, a lot of new hunters going, everybody carries their phone of some sort uh, from a safety perspective or all using the resources that are available in in and on that device. But there's no better way just to plug in the tip hotline, 1-800-TIP-IDNR. And if you're at breakfast and you hear something or you see something in the woods, you see a suspicious action while you're out there this is the time to do it when you see it and it's not just hunting and fishing violations if you see somebody dumping car tires in the creek down by you know your your house those are actions as well that law enforcement will take up yeah if it's if it's we pay on pollution um you know if it's uh, results in the death of you know fish and wildlife you know so um, it's yeah, that's an important phase of it. I don't know any better conservation tool than what you have uh, provided in, in your leadership. Do other states have something like this, and where where do you where do you wish this program would go in Indiana? Well, uh, there are just about every state has some form of, uh, of, of turning a poacher program. Some are run strictly by the Division of uh, Fish and Wildlife or law enforcement. And there's a few that are like Indiana where they actually have a citizen's advisory board that takes care of this, you know. So um, and it's been a good cooperation between uh, the sportsmen of Indiana and the uh, Department of Natural Resources. And it's worked well for us. Sure has. It's shown its longevity. Thanks to your leadership and all the work that you did, 1-800-TIP-IDNR. It's still going to be how we send off our show. You're going to hear it here in just a few minutes when we wrap it up. Always great to visit with you. And Joe Kales and your leadership has been appreciated. We look forward to having you back on Indiana Outdoors with some more great stories. Anytime. My pleasure. My pleasure. It is the Indian Outdoor Show, one of the most dedicated guys you're ever going to want to meet, Joe Kales. I am your host, Brian Pointer. It's the Indiana Outdoor Show. We're going to wrap it up. When we return, don't you dare go anywhere. We're going to be back right after this. It is Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. So great to be with you. My f- 
my producer's happy because I left I left more than 30 seconds this time. I did better time management, I guess he would say, instead of him yelling at me. Nonetheless, we are just a great show today. I, anytime we have the opportunity to have a candid conversation with Ginger Murphy about something that is such devastation that took place down at McCormick's Creek, it's not the first time that has happened in in state parks, state properties, forests, etc. And it's always wickedly powerful to observe, but she will recover. And there's a great plan, as you heard her say. It's going to take some time, but a lot of volunteers are already signed up. And she wanted everybody to know there's a time and a place, and they're all going to be contacted shortly. That's what uh, Jody Heaston had to bring her message. It ended Volunteer Week here in the state of Indiana, uh, highlighting on a national program how important volunteers are. And as always, it's 365 days a year. I can't emphasize enough. There are folks literally in state parks volunteering every day, and they wouldn't be the same. She gave several very specific things on how you might want to get involved. doesn't matter if you've got two or 52 that want to do that. There's opportunities that you can be put to use. doesn't matter your age, your ability, your physical capacity. There's something that you could do to help out Indiana State Parks. One of those passionate things that we have done here in Indiana Outdoors for 24 years is recognize 1-800-TIP-IDNR. That's how I'm going out today. Remember to turn in a poacher. Joe Kales gave us that message. So important each and every day. Folks, enjoy the great Indiana Outdoors. Be safe. I'll see you outside. Be safe.